What are you doing? Sitting there with a Starburst mug? Is that a Starburst mug? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you I'm waiting on mine. Yeah. No. Did you see my new mug? <clears throat> Is that backwards? No, it's good. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Okay, everyone's coming in. Welcome, everybody. We're going to wait here for one minute and let everyone... Everyone's moving kind of slow today because it's cold. As a matter of fact, just to let you guys know, <clears throat> Mike Lampa, who you're familiar with, who does most of these interviews, is um, we haven't heard from him since about two o'clock Denver yesterday, except for one tweet around 6.30 a.m. this morning that said, I'm freezing. I have no power. <laughs> this is the last you're going to hear from me until I get it. And it's 40 degrees in my house. <laughs> and he's in Dallas. I'm like, holy moly. So it looks like we've got a quorum over there. Welcome. Um, as you can see, I've already welcomed everyone. Let us know where you're calling in from and what temperature are you looking at? What are you looking at, Jesus, sitting in Miami, nice and warm? Uh, I, I don't, I don't want to make people feel bad. We are 78 <laughs> right now. No, you're not. Are you really? We are 78, it's, oh uh, but it's raining. It's, it's raining and probably it's going to get a little bit colder. So we should, we should get some of that bad weather probably in the next few days. But 78, uh, wow, that would be great. Okay, so a little bit of housekeeping and then we'll introduce ourselves. Um, we are going to be recording this today. So if you don't feel comfortable with that, um, feel free to excuse yourself. We will then take the recording and it will be listed under our site under Technology Matters under demonstrations. So we're gonna, um, it's kind of hard to demonstrate GCP, but you're gonna do your best to, or you're gonna do it today, but it's kind of hard to demonstrate a two second reaction, but we'll get to that. Um, also, we ask that you put your questions into chat. We have other people behind the scenes that are looking um, at the questions and can help answer too. But most of all today, it's gonna be uh, Mr. Jesus Diaz. Um, wanna go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you, Julie. Um, again, uh, Jesus Diaz here. I'm working currently for IGNW, CDW company, um, as a, a lead consultant and uh, and head of uh, data solutions. So I've been working uh, around IT software development for 20 plus years. I, I started in my teens. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, <laughs> that's, but what I, I say. that's what that's what Julie said. But uh, I started my professional life as a software engineer, uh, and then about 10, 10 years ago, the you know got more into management and uh, uh, you know running my own shows and doing my own companies. And I've done a couple of those, but uh, that last one was uh, really aligned with uh, Google Cloud and data products. So that's where that's where I found my uh, my latest uh, passion or or call, if you will. And I've been working around data and analytics since then. Uh, Google Cloud is dear to my heart because I, it's 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 where I've spent last five years of my professional life and uh, doing everything from development, data and analytics, training, a lot of a lot of fun stuff. So I'm I'm really excited about uh, Great Data Minds uh, having me today and um, share some of those. Uh, uh, experiences. Uh, I like I like to say battle scars, like from the field, um, from from a number of implementations. So happy to share some of, of my experiences around GCP. Yeah. 
So I'm Julie Burroughs. I'm one of the founders and an advisor at Great Data Minds. I, um, I met you, what, we met about five years ago in San Francisco at a Google event, Google partner yeah. event, and had a beer that night. And then over the years, we've worked together in some capacity or another. But um, uh, IGNW is one of our go-to partners for resources. And I um, love working with, or we love working with Tesus and his teams. Just a little note there that he didn't mention, but all of his resources are safe certified. So it, they produce, I mean, they are really producing great stuff. So, um, okay, let's do this. Show us, we do have a couple of continuous education programs coming up around GCP. This is based on requests from our um, community out there. Uh, Jesus is gonna do two events for us. Number one is, um, a one day, so it's for a broader audience. So if you guys are looking at doing GCP out there, it's not just your practitioners that need to learn it, but you need to you know, make sure that the person managing the project understands GCP and the benefits, even bringing in your more uh, technical savvy business people. Um, we do this a lot for organizations. It's a one day workshop, we can do it on site, but we are gonna take it public and it will be on the 26th and the 28th of April. So we're taking that one day class and breaking it up because it is virtual, but <laughs> we're also having a three day class. Jesus wouldn't let us break it up for you. If you're interested, it is for practitioners. Jesus will be running it. We believe in the power of instructor led training for collaboration, clarification, you know, get to know other people, which we need a little bit more of these days. And um, so it will be on May 18th. 19th and 20th, and I'm supposed to have a drum roll and a slide to support this somewhere. There we go. I'm so. just sharing my screen. <laughs> so anyway, um, you can find these um, out on our event site. And um, here comes the, the uh, fire truck right by the, my place. So you guys, sorry about that. Anyway, so join us if you can. So let's get this party started. What do you say, Jesus? Yeah, let, let's let's get to it. Let's get okay. to it. I, I forgot two things when I did my introduction. The first one is that I'm also a great data mines advisor. Oh, so yeah. we've, been, we've been working uh, even before I started with IGNW. And the second one, it's uh, around GCP that I'm, I'm DOL certified. So I'm a certified data architect and also certified uh, uh, data engineer. Okay. Um, so... Uh, a lot of a lot of the things that we do in this training are part of the certification program, uh, but we we don't focus just on the material that it's on the certification. Like if you go to Coursera uh, or Pearl side, uh, we we focus also on bringing live experiences from the pro projects and uh, products that we've used. Um, we're gonna tell you also, you know, the gotchas using those products that typically they are, they are not advertised. And as, as Julie said, there's, there's something about interacting with, uh, with your trainer and, and, and just being able to ask questions. I think that's, that's, that's really valuable yeah. uh, from, the, from the training perspective. Very much agree. All right, here we go on the party, ready? Okay. Everyone sure. always says, why GCP? Why are you guys so passionate about GCP? Yep. So you had some pretty good stuff you were sharing with me the other day. I've got a couple things to add, but I'll let you get started. Yeah, and you know I don't want to fall into the uh, into the kind of like the uh, you know the selling speech, but uh, the, the one thing that about five years ago when when I started looking for a good cloud vendor to build my uh, my consulting practice around, the one thing that struck me 
when when I was looking around uh, from Google is that uh, you know basically when you work with Google Cloud, you're working with the same infrastructure that the company uses to run their 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 products, and you know everyone is familiar with Google products, right? You know Gmail, Maps, YouTube, uh, the search. Uh, you know they have outages here and there, but you know given the size and the amount of you know consumers that they have at, at a global scale, it's amazing how resilient and how how well thought are are these products. So the infrastructure that powers Google Cloud, it's the same infrastructure that powers you know, Gmail, Maps, YouTube, and Search. And you 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 might. I, I, you know, once you work enough with Google, you start identifying. So this product is being used for Gmail. This product is being used for, uh, for for YouTube things like that. Uh, that that's the one thing that, for me, is the, the most remarkable. Um, so it's it's a company that have built. I think they have like three or five uh, trillion you know, like products that have more than a trillion users, something like that. I, you know, don't quote me on that, but it's massive, the adoption. And, and they use Google Cloud just to power everything. They, um, I, I think they were just late to um, find, a, find a commercial way to commercialize their cloud because they were so busy just running their core business. That's kind of like my, my bigger take. You know, um, one thing that I see, Jesus, is the passion for innovation these guys have. I mean, if you're innovating, some of the top organizations in the country are, you know, have at least some workloads, a lot of workloads over there on GCP, just the innovative mindset that comes out of their teams. And and what I'll say with that, this is particularly particularly relevant for data and analytics, because if you come to think their first product, which was search, it's all about, you know, indexing, searching, organizing information. Um, so, so they have to they have to come up with their own tools and their own and their own uh, products and services uh, to address their own internal issues. And I will cover a little bit more uh, along the presentation when we when we present the uh, GCP or Google contributions to you know the open source and all the white papers that come out out of Google and Google research. But I think that's that's uh, that's one thing that that worth uh, worth uh, singling out. They also um, their commitment to society, I think, is a great one. Their green programs, and also, um, you know, we are working with the healthcare API. So their um, investment in healthcare is huge. They had the first healthcare API out there, and um, I know that there's over a hundred organ- healthcare organizations on it now and growing all the time. Yep. And and from the from the commercial standpoint, Google is really betting on GCP to be their next thing. And so it, I think it's the next evolution, the next company evolution. That I, I, I the, the, there's a couple of slides here. Like for example, this one is a little bit uh, outdated. I wish I, I had the data for last year, but in 2019 they they put 13 billion just building data centers around around the U.S. Uh, and they have an infrastructure that is second to none. They own, I believe, uh, 70% of, of, of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the optical fiber that, they, uh, that is laid in, in the world. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. From the infrastructure standpoint, 
I, I, I don't think there's, there's any other company doing, do, doing what they do out there. Um, I, I, another big thing, and again, I don't want to make this a, this a big sales uh, pitch, but Google, it's been committed to the open source uh, ecosystem from, from day one. And all these are products that they've open source. Uh, you have Kubernetes, you have Anthos, you have Isio, uh, TensorFlow, uh, you know, a Flutter, uh, Angular, uh, you know, you, you, you call it. Uh, it's, it's, a, uh, it's, it's a big, uh, big contribution to open source. And what, what that means for their cloud is that everything they run on the cloud, or I shouldn't say everything, but a lot of the products that run on the cloud are based on the open source versions. And yep. they don't do what other clouds uh, do that, you know, put that proprietary layer on top of it. So they lock you in, uh, meaning that it's pretty vanilla. There's always going to be some managed services advantages to using, for example, GKE on top of, you know, plain vanilla Kubernetes. Uh, but it's it's fairly, fairly straightforward to take, for example, uh, a, a Kubernetes deployment from Google Cloud and take it on-prem. It's fairly simple to take an Apache Beam pipeline uh, which is which is uh, uh, you know cloud uh, uh, which is uh, uh, the the uh, uh, data flow. I'm sorry, data flow, which is based on a, in Apache Apache Beam. It's pretty simple to take an Apache Beam or a data flow a pipeline and move it to something like running on prem using Flink or or, or Spark. So again, it, they they really bet on not lo- locking you in. On their ecosystem, and and having you work with Google Cloud because because it's the best cloud to run your workloads, not because it's the cloud that is locking you in. So I think that that's an interesting perspective as well when you're choosing your your cloud vendor. You know, um, hey, since we have a large healthcare organization, probably one of the biggest top ten companies here in Denver, and they chose GCP just because it also. Um, the the uh, data science group chose it first of all because of the TensorFlow investment, and then all of a sudden the you know the big data workloads are coming over and application etc. So a lot of people are looking at that at those AIML solutions from Google as being a top solution out there. Thus, you know, starting to move in that direction. Yep, yep. I think I think that's a very good point. There, there, you know, and there are other things. Uh, you know, like the Google's commitment to sustainability and be carbon neutral. Uh, but as I mentioned, it, cloud technology has been uh, forever part of what Google is. Uh, and all of the data centers that they put together just to run their core businesses. Uh, but what have enabled is it's, uh, an incredible infrastructure, incredibly resilient infrastructure and incredibly uh, resilient products and offerings that now you can use to, to be your, build your applications. All okay. right. So you want to, uh, do you want to start talking about data? I do want to start talking about data. You know, I'm not going to talk anything technical, but yeah, I'm going to listen. Well, I, the first thing I want to tell everyone is uh, the way we organize this is that we're going to cover for, you know, first, we're going to have a quick overview on some of the data products around Google Cloud. And 
um, again, I, I want to make this a conversation. So if if you have any question, put, please put it on chat. And Julie, help me with that because I'm not, I'm not monitoring the chat. But gotcha, brother. Uh, I want to make this more of a conversation. Um, so we're going to cover briefly some of the data products out there for Google. Um, we're going to cover a little bit more about the options for data management and data processing. And then I want to focus because there's, as Julie said, there are so many products and so many, uh, you know, different things that we could be talking about today. I want to focus on what, what Julie and I, we, we, I think we joke around we, what we call the crown jewel uh, of, uh, of GCP when it comes to data analytics, which is BigQuery. So we want to focus more on BigQuery and uh, the reason the reason to do that is, uh, you know, personally, I think there's there's no other product out there like BigQuery. Uh, maybe 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 Snowflake. Uh, and there's there's another one now that it's it's coming on the on the serverless data warehousing world. But I think it's by by far a big differentiator from Google Cloud. And uh, strategically, what they've been doing is they've been building the whole data ecosystem ecosystem around BigQuery. So I think understanding how BigQuery works and how you can leverage BigQuery, it's, it's a big part of defining or, or, or adapting uh, Google Cloud as a, as a data analytics platform. So we're gonna cover that in, in three, uh, three sections. The first one is gonna be a very um, quick introduction to BigQuery, what BigQuery is, what BigQuery is not from the functional standpoint, then we're gonna get a little, a little more, more deep into how do you work with BigQuery? How do you load data into BigQuery? How do you consume data from BigQuery? And then the third section that I don't know if we truly, if we're gonna have time to get to it, it's uh, advanced BigQuery. So we're gonna talk about thing, things like slot management, how BigQuery actually process queries uh, behind the scenes, um, how do you optimize your your uh, your queries for for speed, but also for for cost concerns? And uh, we're gonna see how far we can get with this. But again, I want to make this uh, conversation. Any questions that you have along the way, um, just feel free to put it on the chat, and then uh, Joel is gonna be your voice. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I like this slide. And it's a little bit dated. I, I think it's been more than 15 years, more like 18 years. Google itself has 22 years of, of being around. Uh, but I like this slide because it, it, it captures very well how Google has been innovating around data analytics, uh, how those innovations have been open source or have originated products or complete ecosystems uh, on the uh, based on open source products, but also on the on the on the flip side, how the same products that have fueled a lot of these open source and ecosystems have been internalized and have made are now part of the Google Cloud uh, family of products. Right. So if we start from from uh, from the beginning of of uh, of this uh, chart. Now, back in 20, uh, 2002, Google come out with a, with a seminal paper, 
which was the Google file system. And if, if you've been following Google, not just from Google Cloud standpoint, but from the research standpoint, you remember one of the value propositions from Google was actually, how do we run uh, our indexing, uh, our indexing and our search engines on commodity hardware? So they didn't want to come up with, you know, these you know, supercomputers to run uh, search and indexing. So they started engineering uh, uh, their system in a way that they could build on commodity hardware, very cheap hardware, um, and they will build resiliency based on redundancy and communication. So the first paper was a Google file system, was this massively distributed file system in which uh, thousands of uh, computers could participate and there was you know, all this shuffle going around. Um, and pretty soon after that, they come up with the, the, the concept of map reduce uh, over this file system. So two simple operations, map data, uh, map large amount of data based on a function, and then the result of those map reduce it uh, to obtain another subset of data. So as you will know, MapReduce is the foundation of Hadoop, um, which is a product that Yahoo picked up and then they open source and Hadoop originated a huge uh, ecosystem around it. Just like, you know, it, it made popular the, the term big data. And for a long time, uh, Hadoop was synonymous of big data. Uh, but again, Google didn't stop there. So Google kept working on things like big table that then uh, originated uh, Apache HBase. But if you if you tie these themes, um, kind of like I, I wanna make sure that that we put this in perspective with what you'll see on the Google Cloud product right now. So big table is ultimately, uh, you know, big table. So you can run the same big table, uh, you know, 100% compatible with Apache 8 base if you use the big table product uh, in, in Google Cloud. Um, and likewise, when you see Dremel, which is ultimately Apache drill, that's, that's ultimately BigQuery, it's the same concept, the concept of having a decoupled uh, system in which one area of the system will handle the storage and the other uh, uh, the other uh, part of the system will handle the, the processing. And we'll get more into the details of that. Again, moving forward, you have things like uh, uh, Flume, Millwheel, and TensorFlow. Those things, all those products are Apache Bean, TensorFlow, uh, and are the foundation of the Google Cloud product. So you can think of a lot of the Google Cloud products as managed versions of their uh, of their open source cousins. And as I keep mentioning, more often than not, they're hundred percent backward compatible. Meaning that if you're using something like Bigtable and you don't like the performance or the cost that you're getting from Google, then you can spin your own uh, Apache HBase system, and all of your systems are going to be able to communicate with that uh, seamlessly. From the data analytics uh, databases and storage standpoint, I, I wanted to uh, briefly cover in a, in a, in a more formal way the, the products that you'll find around Google Cloud. Again, we mentioned a couple of times BigQuery, but we also have Dataflow. I just mentioned Dataflow. It's, it's, this, it's the next evolution uh, for big data. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, Hadoop and the Hadoop ecosystem, one of the big limitations from Hadoop was that it was uh, oriented for batch processing. Uh, 
it couldn't handle very well uh, stream, stream, stream processing. And then there was a lot of uh, attempts to uh, address those shortcuts like uh, uh, Storm and then uh, with, uh, the, uh, with the coming of uh, the uh, uh, Spark ecosystem, there were a lot of things uh, around that, but uh, Cloud Dataflow, which is uh, Apache bin underneath, it's a natural uh, evolution from, from, uh, from the big data processing. And it, it defines, uh, Apache Bin defines a, a, a programming model uh, that you can run on top of multiple runners and executions, Cloud Dataflow being one. Uh, but ultimately, the, one of the strengths of, uh, of uh, this model is that it allows you to process streaming and batch uh, processing. Uh, it, it, it allows you to capture streaming and batch processing in just one, uh, in one uh, programming model. And you can combine batch processing with the streaming processing. It handles things like windowing, uh, watermark, a lot of interesting concepts. So uh, Cloud Dataflow and Apache Beam is, is one of my favorite products. Uh, so I, I, can, I can talk a lot about it. Cloud Data Product, uh, think of Cloud Data Product as managed Hadoop. So that's pretty much the EMR from AWS. Um, and I, th I think uh, Azure also have something, a, a similar um, concept. I think it's called Azure EMR. But Cloud Data Proc is ultimately managed Hadoop uh, with a couple of big distinctions. So because, uh, because if you use something like uh, Google Cloud Storage, uh, Google Cloud Storage, it, it can be used uh, as a replacement of, of uh, Hadoop file system, HFS. So you can use Cloud Data Proc in very interesting ways. Uh, like for example, you invert the patterns and instead of having jobs uh, competing for resources, you, you pretty much, you, you create one cluster per job, ephemeral cl clusters, and, and then you just do the processing there and the storage you do it in, in cloud storage. So again, very interesting pattern. Um, if you look at uh, the, uh, what Google Cloud advises, the advice is more like a stopgap if you wanna migrate your Hadoop clusters into Google Cloud, um, but it, it's still a very, very solid product. Cloud Data Prep is a product developed by, uh, by a third, comp uh, third party company, Trifacta. So it's more about data prepping and uh, managing, uh, you know, man just just you know, transforming data, cleansing data, wrangling data, a great a great visual interface. Um, for 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 its purpose, I think is a great tool. Ultimately, it's it's been seen as a way to load data into BigQuery, uh, or just to process large amount of files. And under the hood, it uses actually Cloud Dataflow to do the orchestration. Cloud Data Catalog, that's one of my favorite uh, uh, Google Cloud products. And I, I, I know I, I say that a lot, but I think it's it's really, uh, really powerful, the integration um, that they achieve with Cloud Data Catalog. So it's ultimately metadata management and, and policies, uh, uh, data access policies, but it's fully integrated with BigQuery, it's fully integrated with PopSub, it's fully integrated with Cloud Storage. So you have one place in which you can add metadata to your cloud data assets, uh, catalog, um, define pol access policies. So you restrict access to certain, um, to certain assets based on, uh, on cloud identity roles, really powerful 
uh, product and relatively new. I think they announced it like last year or the year before. We get a lot of questions on the you know, data catalogs are so hot right now, Jesus. Okay. I'm assuming um, with the Google data catalog, you're right, it was just recently announced that it's only cataloging the data that resides within GCP or is ex expand beyond yet? You, you, can, you, can, uh, you can deploy your, your agents uh, either on-prem or other clouds. Uh, and then there's a REST API. That's, that's a cool thing from, uh, from GCP that uh, I, I wanna go on a limb and I wanna say that 99% uh, of all of the things that you can do on the console, on the, on the, on the cloud console, you can also do it through a REST API. Uh, so you can deploy your, your own agents. So they, uh, they catalog things uh, like for example, integration with uh, AWS Glue or on-prem or, you know, but ultimately you can do your own integration and just you know, hit, the, hit the REST API. Okay. Again, and and I, we should have mentioned this uh, from the get-go. One of the key differentiator from Google Cloud is that they understood that in order to gain market share, they have to play well with other clouds. So they're coming, well, they were coming in, in third. Uh, they really want to be, uh, you know, they really want to be second um, or first on, 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 the, on the cloud ecosystem. Uh, but they understand pretty, they understood pretty early that they have to play well with other clouds in order to compete and to drive adoption. So you will see, you will see a lot of their efforts, not just on, not just providing an open ecosystem, but playing well with, uh, with AWS and Azure. And um, it, it comes to mind something that I heard about two years ago, uh, at a reflection on the, on the Partners Summit. Um, and it really resonated with, with, uh, with what, I've, what I've seen around Google Cloud is that they, they wanted to be uh, the they wanted to be the best cloud to run open source uh, open source uh, software. Okay. Any other questions, Julie, on the on the chat that we should? And we got a couple. Um, Elizabeth asked, um, getting started with analytics. Um, uh, I was wondering if most workplaces are using GCP, as I'm still learning, and is there more learning opportunities? for GCP? There's a lot of learning opportunities out there. I think, uh, you know, from the training perspective, you have, you know, some of the, some of the trainings that we provide, but we also have uh, uh, Coursera material. Uh, Google Cloud made a, a, a big investment on, on training and certification. So there are, I believe there are like five or six certifications out there right now. Um, and they are sought after in the, in the market. So yeah. getting, getting, getting one of those certifications is can, can really back up your, your career. Yep. Go ahead and put that on LinkedIn and see what happens to you mm -hmm. put your certs out there. Yeah. And then, um, so Elizabeth, I would say GCP is in third place right now, but because of some of the things that we discussed in the beginning, such as, you know, um, people turning to Google for AI ML, we're seeing a lot more market share um, year by year. So Raj says, hey, hey, Suze, <laughs> can you shed some light on observability options, if any, on GCP through data lineage? Uh, I, I don't think they have, they have a data lineage per se product. Uh, you can accomplish a lot of those things with the cloud data catalog, 
data catalog because you can add metadata from, from your ETL, ELT, uh, even from the data load and then just uh, provide uh, traceability all the way to the, uh, the big query or, or where you are. Um, what I've done from that standpoint is uh, it's use third-party tools like DBT and Dataform. If you truly want to establish that, you know, the strong lineage uh, uh, on, on your data. And if you're doing something, if you're doing more MLAI, try something like Pachyderm. Um, so uh, Platform AI does a very good job as well. Uh, um, just building your pipelines and they're all based in, you know, Qflow and TensorFlow TFX. So there are, there are good technologies out there. I, I don't think they have a, uh, they have that integrated with cloud data catalog right now as a, as a managed service. Raj said, thanks, but they are complex to manage and maintain at scale. GCP? Um, I believe you're talking about the additional platforms, right, Raj? And we have everyone muted. Observability. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. And then there's also the question about the ROI, right? So how do you sell that to, to the business? Um, um, yeah, again, it, I, I, I don't think we need to mention all of this, uh, um, but on the databases, there's a couple of uh, databases that stand out. If you look closely, BigQuery is listed on the data analytics and not on the databases for, because I think it's more, um, you know, it's, it's when you think in terms of a, a traditional database, it's, it's, it, you know, BigQuery is a beast in itself. So, but I already mentioned Bigtable. Um, if you're doing anything transactional, time series, BigQuery, Bigtable, it's your go-to product. Data store that's S3, just like uh, Blob storage. Um, you know, you have the Redis uh, memcache equivalent uh, in cloud memory store, Cloud SQL, which is your traditional transactional SQLs. Um, manage to think of it as, uh, as you know, just manage SQL databases and Google Cloud supports right now Postgres, MySQL, and SQL Server. I believe those are the four one that it supports. Um, Cloud Spanner, I think it's uh, it's a very cool project product, um, and uh, it's uh, it's one of the I think. Uh, under underrated, uh, most underrated product uh, products out there. Um, I wish to see more companies using Cloud Spanner, but since companies are not catching up, Google is actually using Cloud Spanner to build a lot of the managed man their managed products. And uh, Julie mentioned Cloud uh, Healthcare API. Actually, Healthcare API is built on top of Cloud Spanner, and the Cloud Data Catalog is also built on top of uh, Cloud Spanner. So. Uh, it's, a, it's a transactional database that scales horizontally. Pretty impressive. If you want to check one product in this list, check Cloud Spanner. It's pretty amazing. And then, yeah, more traditional storage, your, your, your usual storage, like persistent disk, cloud file store, cloud storage, that's more like for file and, and blob storage. But again, a lot of products, 
There's one uh, product that I'm not including here that I believe is pretty interesting from the analytics standpoint. Um, and that one is uh, Looker. For those of you that follow the, uh, the BI space, uh, Looker got acquired by Google, I wanna say about a year or so ago. Uh, and uh, it's, it's been fully integrated now with Google Cloud. I think it's, it's gonna be, uh, it's, gonna, it's, it's a great addition and fully aligned with, uh, with a lot of the things that the Google Cloud has been doing in that space. Hey, hey, see a little time check. You got 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So from, I think if we were to put this from the uh, data or, or data processing lifecycle, this is where the products will, will fit in. So we have on the ingest capture, we could do things uh, using Google Cloud, you know, App Engine, which is, again, it's, it's a product that uh, was the first product that Google Cloud come up uh, with. Uh, and there's a little company um, out there called uh, Snapchat or Snap that runs uh, its own uh, mobile application using uh, Google App Engine. So again, an, an, another interesting product uh, in the in the Google Cloud uh, arsenal. But you have, you know, you can ingest data using you know, the App Engine, uh, Google Analytics Premium already integrated, pops up, monitoring, and then you will process it and mention it using cloud data flow. The beauty of cloud data flow is that you can combine batch and stream um, analytics, uh, or you can use data prog if you're more of a Hadoop shop. Store, it doesn't have to be either or, you can store part of the data into BigQuery or part of the data into Bigtable or cloud storage. And then for analyzing, you know, you, you can like go back. Uh, BigQuery is a great tool to just run analytics, just run, SQL-based analytics, and they uh, they also support machine learning, running machine learning models uh, using BigQuery ML. But you can always always use something like Dataflow or Dataproc just to pull data out of uh, BigQuery and do your own analytics. And you know visualization, I mentioned Booker, but there's a lot of third-party tools uh, like you know Tableau, Click, uh, you know um, Hotspot. Yeah. <laughs> spot. I know Julie's a fan, uh, but there's there's you know virtually every every major analytic tool, uh, you know has a, has BigQuery as a as a data source. So your your it's a safe bet from the analytics standpoint. Yeah, the, the cool thing from running analytics uh, back it up by BigQuery is that uh, products like BigQuery make uh, ELT uh, popular you know, extract, uh, load, and then transform as opposed to extract, transform, and load uh, because it's so cheap just to use BigQuery to, to process data instead of just like pulling data into your BI tool that uh, it, it makes it really easy and simple to just, to just to visualize data using a very lightweight BI tool. Again, I'll breeze through these, but it's uh, you know there, there, there's 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 certain aspects of uh, of your data workloads that you should look at when you're choosing one of these databases. And and Julia, are we gonna uh, make the presentation available after the? Uh... It'll, well, we're video and or we're recording this. Excuse me. So okay. Um, yeah. So I, re I recommend getting back to this uh, to this slide and you know look where where to use BigQuery, where to use Cloud Spanner. Or to use Cloud SQL, I think this is kind of like a like a nice cheat sheet uh, for uh, for 
uh, when you're choosing um, where, where to put your data in BigQuery. And uh, yeah, I know I know we're a little bit short on time, so I want to breeze through uh, some of these things. So again, a couple of things about BigQuery. So BigQuery, it's it's fully serverless. It's fully managed, so you don't need to do anything. You don't need to provision one server, um, and it's it's that simple in the sense that. It's just like running SQL queries. So you, you load your data. Uh, of course, your data has to conform to some tabular scheme, but uh, schema, but even BigQuery can infer the schema from your data. And it's just as simple as start running SQL queries uh, on top of your data. It, it's secure because you, you control security at the data set level, at the table level, and more recently at the row and column level. So it, it's, it's very, very secure and it's, it's pretty cheap, all things considered. So, and we're going to, we'll see if we can get uh, to kind of like cost saving and how costs work because, but it's for, let me say that if you have gigabytes of data in BigQuery, it's, it's going to cost you cents uh, just to store and process it monthly. So. I remember years ago, Jesus, we um, did our first what we call Prove It, which is a POC with BigQuery. And we were working with an organization that had Oracle uh, products on-prem. And we took a 75-minute query to 1.6 seconds. And I met with the CFO uh, the following, that was over the weekend. And I met with him the following weekend. He goes, yeah, and it cost me $14. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how much you can do with this. So, um, and, and, and there's a, this is an example that I actually want to show you. Um, I want to run this query real time, but I want to, I want to stop for a moment here and just kind of like dissect or, or go over what this query does. So uh, BigQuery has a lot of what they call public data set, which is just think of it as databases that you can use for free. Um, just to try it out things with BigQuery. Um, and this particular data set is called Wikipedia Benchmark and has a hundred billion uh, pages of Wikipedia. Um, and what this query does is actually it queries, uh, it, it does a, a regular expression mesh on those a hundred billion pages. Um, and then it groups the matches by number of views of those pages. And then it, it, it uh, and by language as well. So which language the page is it's in. Um, so if you, if you look at what it does is that it reads around one terabytes of compressed data and comp comp decompresses are in about four terabytes, execute a hundred billion regular expressions. And we all know that regular expressions are pretty pretty expensive in terms of uh, processing power. And then it shuffles data, it shuffles about, you know, short, short of 1.5 terabytes of data across the networks of workers. So uh, the GIF actually shows its query executing in about uh, 27 seconds. I'm gonna run it here. And when I run it, it, it uh, I'm gonna do a couple of things. And by the way, this is the BigQuery uh, interface. Uh, it's, it's, it's a new UI. If you look at here, this is kind of like the old UI, but they, they revamped the UI about a few years ago. So I'll do a couple of things here. I'll, I'll get into query things and I won't use catch results. Um, 
and then we're gonna run the query. And when I run it, it actually, uh, you know, it took around 40 seconds to run last time. But again, it's pretty impressive, all things considered, right? Uh, think of the power that this will give your analysts or it will give you as analysts to just uh, crunch a lot of data. So, hey, so there is a caveat. I mean, one of the reasons why we see Snowflake being so popular and a lot of our clients moving in that direction, most of them, by the way, not being Google, um, is that you can take those engineered models, data models that you've been supporting all these years and you can lift them up, you know, start using them almost immediately. But really and truly with um, BigQuery, you've got to flatten those piles out. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to cover what BigQuery is and what is not. So I think BigQuery is deceivingly, deceivingly looks like a, like a, like a transactional or, or traditional relational database. And that is, that is not what it is. Uh, so yeah, definitely there are a couple of things you should take into account when you're moving your data to BigQuery. So BigQuery runs, it completed in 16 seconds this time. And this is, this is not using um, uh, catch results. So if I go here and I actually say, you know, you know, Use cache results, right? Yeah, this runs into. Yeah, 11 seconds. So I think, you know, from using cache to not using cache, that's pretty impressive, right? Um, Again, just to Julie's point, BigQuery is not a transactional database. So you, should, you shouldn't think of BigQuery as a, as a relational database with you know, tables and foreign keys and, and all those things. So uh, oftentimes it's better just to have all the information, just one table, either you know, denormalized or using things like uh, nested fields or structures within the table. Um, so BigQuery is not an operational data store, so don't try to do you know single updates and single inserts. It's more meant for bulk uploads or you know bulk processing. Um, and you know BigQuery is not an on-prem solution or appliance, although they're coming out with BigQuery Omni, which is like super cool. The idea is that you can you can run uh, a you can you can run BigQuery in other clouds. Like you can have a part of BigQuery running in AWS. You can have a, you know, part of BigQuery running on your own Azure or on-prem. And then when you're querying data, uh, you can also query data that it's in Azure uh, or AWS or on-prem. And what BigQuery does is that it, it also works as an orchestration for those queries. So data that exists in, the, in Azure is gonna be processed by that Azure cluster. And then only the results are gonna get uh, pulled together and kind of like cross-reference. So um, I think, I think that, that's a very, very important uh, update to, to, uh, to keep an eye on. It's called BigQuery Omni. And I don't think it's out of the public uh, private alpha right now. So I mentioned BigQuery. Um, it, 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 it does things differently. So they don't store data, uh, you know, records of data are not stored sequentially. Typically what you would do on a, on a relational database, 
but each column is stored separately. Um, uh, and that's why you, you know, there are other considerations when you're looking at it. So, uh, it, it, you know, under the scene is more like a, like a big data product. Like it's shuffling the data, it's moving data around. Uh, and that's, 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 a, that's a big difference. And data, it's kept separated from processing. So you have your, your data shards and then you have your processing engine, which is somehow similar to what uh, uh, the approach of other modern uh, data warehouses like Snowflake. Uh, again, just reiterating what we said, uh, interactive analysis for petabytes, uh, uh, petabytes of information, standard SQL 20, 20, uh, 2011 compatibility on the, on the query, a lot of options to ingest and form low data into uh, BigQuery, nested fields, repeated fields, you can use user-defined functions, um, JavaScript user-defined functions, and it's pretty cheap. Um, uh, kind of like their model is, you know, you get charged by the amount of data that you have stored in BigQuery, uh, and then you get charged by the amount of data that you process in BigQuery. But just to give you an idea, any data that it's been in BigQuery 90 days uh, or longer, it's, it's, it costs you the same to have it in BigQuery that to have it on the cloud storage, which is the cheapest, um, the cheapest source option for BigQuery for, for Google Cloud. And we mentioned public data sets. Uh, these are data sets that are either provided by, uh, by these organizations or put it together by Looker with the support of these organizations. Um, and uh, I wanna show actually how that looks in real life. So if you come in here and you said explore, explore public data sets. So this is the list of all of the data sets that you can access uh, as part of BigQuery. Um, some of these data sets are updated daily or monthly, but you can see you have, uh, you know, probably you have close to a hundred data sets. You can filter by advertising. Um, you know, of, of course, I mean, now COVID is, is becoming, a lot of organizations are producing information about COVID-19. Uh, COVID so you have a lot of, a lot of data here. Um, um, you also have information about, you know, bitcoins, bitcoins and cryptocurrency. Uh, if you, if you want to do some analysis uh, in that area, again, a lot of a lot of data sets uh, that you can just go and play around. And by the way, the, the query that I run actually, you know, uh, it was based on one of those data sets. Okay, I know I know we are uh, we are. I kind of like running a little bit tired of um, time. So yeah. Julie, do we have anyone, do we have any questions on the chat that we want to address right now? No more questions, but we did want to give some advice to those that are looking at going to GCP before we uh, end our, our event today. So um, if you're going to look at GCP as an option, we recommend you do a POV. Um, Joseph, I'll get to your question here in a minute. And we call ours prove it, but let me tell you why our approach works and why you should consider it, whether you do it yourself or work with a, a, us or a Google partner to do it. Number one is it's a dip your toe in the water. So very low cost, you can take the most valuable insight in your organization, that's what we recommend. And you can apply a couple sources and then you know the 
use your reporting tool, of course, and you can develop what we refer to as a POV. But more importantly, you know, we deliver those to our clients and they're, you know, they can build off of them or, you know, use, once again, a Google partner to help them build off of them. Um, but more importantly, this goes back to the human side of things. You need to um, tell your organization, your executives, and more importantly, the people that have the budget, your successes. So you should always deliver, scream from the top of the mountain, as we say, the fact that you were able to do this. Um, we recently just finished a POV with one of our clients and we did, Jesus and his team and our team did in 12 weeks what they couldn't do in four years. And I'm not kidding you. And over and over again, we have case studies that if anyone wants to go through them, we can um, definitely um, schedule some time and we can talk you through a lot of great uh, use cases or case studies, shall I say, around Google. But whatever you do, if you do dip your toe in the water, make sure that you have what we refer to as an executive readout. And that includes the old way of doing it, the new way of doing it, the differences in costs of so ROI and what the future looks like. Um, I think people do great work sometimes and don't scream from the top of the mountains, but always consider an executive readout. So our prove it is we deliver an instance based on a critical um, insight that you wanna build. And the other 50% is we deliver an executive readout workshop for everyone in your organization. So getting started, that's key. Um, Joseph asked, Firestore or Data Store? And I think. Well, there are different products. So you have File, File Store, you have Fire Store, and then you have Data Store. So, so there, are, uh, uh, there, there are three different, uh, there are three different products. So, File Store, think of it more as a, as a file share. So you should have you should have a file share on your on your organization, whereas Firestore uh, and Data Store are more uh, NoSQL options. Actually, Data Firestore Firestore it's it's uh, it's a it's a superset of Data Store. And if you're if you if anyone have developed uh, mobile applications, uh, you should be familiar with Firebase. So Firebase is uh, another company that Google bought. That um, it was a it's a mobile backend as a service, and it provides communication with uh, with mobile devices, uh, uh, message passing, push notifications, and the database that come with that framework was actually Firestore, uh, and now Firestore is becoming the de facto um, a NoSQL managed database for Google Cloud products. And and and. Joe's response, Joseph's response was, no, I thought Firestore was to replace Data Store. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. It's, it's yeah, no, if, if file store, think of it more as a shared drive. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think for right now, that's all the questions. I wanted to thank everyone for joining us today. Please join us. Um, a couple of events coming up that you should know about. We went through the two workshops that are coming up. We've got... Um, an AI ML event coming up, get out of the POC funk. Please join us for that one. And exciting is the Technology Matters Marathon, which is on March 10th. And you can join us all day long. And there are those that do, by the way. Um, and we'll be looking at some of the top technologies out there with our partners. So we're really excited about that. So the Technology Matters Marathon on March 10th. So I just sent you the link to um, our uh, 
events page, join us there. Look in a couple of days over on Insight, uh, excuse me, under Technology Matters, and you'll see this interview if you want to share it with your uh, colleagues. So thank you so much, Jesus, as always. It was wonderful talking to you. I think we talk a lot, but it's all, you always amaze me with your knowledge of this stuff. So thanks my, for uh, my, showing us what you know and your passion. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Again, technology, it's, it's the one thing that I... Uh, that I enjoy. I don't think it's a job. I think it's uh, it's you know it's my call, and uh, you know happy happy to jump into any conversation, any uh, uh, you know just like you know uh, yeah I help helping people you know explore Google Cloud provides me you know with great joy because I think it's a, it's a great company that is doing a lot of innovation and they have great products. So I'm I'm happy to happy to do this all day long. Right. And I'm leaving you with my email. So if you want to jump on a call with Asus and explore any of the topics that he went through today or any of the technologies, I should say, please, um, you know, hit me on an email and I'll round him up. I've got him on Slack. So, Asus, thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. Have a great Take care, day. everyone. Thanks for joining us.